0: Welcome back. Thank you once again for hanging out with us. This is the one and only IT in the D Show. We are broadcasting live from our respective homes. This is your host, Bob Wallenspiel, hanging out with producer, co-host extraordinaire, Randy Walker. Guest this week, Michelle Gilbert from Comcast, one of our favorite guests. Haven't seen her, I think, in a couple years. I think Randy said, what was it? Oh, no, it was last year, February. Um, So we got a lot to update about. Um, Find us online, IT in the D com do us a favor give us a like on the socials. subscribe to us everywhere Find podcasts are sold don't forget meetup.com slash it in the d check out where we're at we got one more um event coming up in march it's going to be at the yield saloon in royal oak no speakers no business card you can bring business cards uh no cover charge just it folks hanging out um definitely want to talk about uh, the recruiting scene sometime in the near future randy because i think uh it's it's been uh, it's been nuts out there. Everybody I know is getting phone calls. Everybody's moving seats. Yeah. Um, people are people are asking for outlandish demands and they're getting them. Um, so I, I definitely want to uh, dive in. But one of the things I wanted to talk about, you know, when Michelle first came on the show, I'll never forget because we hammered you for a solid twenty minutes. Then you we let you talk about fun stuff and promos and, and new new toys. And I want to say that you know me being a customer. Um, it is obscenely flawless these days. And it's funny when you give customers tools to do stuff on their own and to, to, to reset their own stuff and you don't have to talk to another human. It's funny how painless, um, the experience becomes. And I don't know, how much feedback have you gotten? Because I think Spirit Airlines far overtook you guys as most hated company in the US. It's been been a little, it's been a year, but how how have you uh, been getting received in terms of, uh, when you say you're from Comcast, nobody rolls their eyes anymore?
1: You know, um, well, first of all, I don't think you were that harsh on me. Uh, I thought you were very respectful back several years ago when we first met. And, you know, I think that You know, we had some serious issues that we were talking about, and Comcast made a commitment to really improve the customer experience and, as we like to say, make it our number one product. And I think we've really been working in that direction. Um, The usage of digital tools is huge. Empowering our customers to take care of things on their own um, has Skyrocketed, they love it. Um, there's still always a need to call in from time to time, and we are empowering our customer service people to take care of the customers. Um, you know, tr- doing better training, um, providing them the skills and knowledge that they need, and uh, I think it's been a win win. So, to answer your question, you know, do people still roll their eyes if I say I'm with Comcast? I would say. Ninety-nine percent of the time, I get positive feedback, and the few times that I get negative feedback and they complain, I say, "Well, when was your last experience?" And they're like, "Well, ten years ago."
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's the one thing that I don't know why companies didn't understand is that you give me an automated system, you make me yell "representative" sixteen times, then you get to somebody that uh, their English is is their third language. And then you make me say, escalate to a manager and right. So like, you got everybody, you know, like the initial steps weren't even necessary because we don't even, u- we never use them anyway. Um, but now I think like, I think Comcast is listening. Cause again, I, I canceled a few stations and I had to call in and my experience was painless. I'm not going to lie. Um, and, you know, and it's not, I didn't even know how to need to, I didn't know how need to navigate the system. It was just fine. You know what I mean? Like there wasn't that you know going around the block. So anyway, hats off to 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 the team and whoever uh, is is listening to, to you know us Cretans about our experience with uh, with you guys. So I wanted to dive into kind of life, the Comcast life, after, like during and after pandemic, because you know what you're seeing was the great shift and a lot of people moving to home based work, which means their their bandwidth demands are, are more extraordinary than ever before you know if you got a little glitch you were fine but now if i get a glitch and i'm on a team's call with management right my my, my butt's on the line um i guess talk to me let's talk first about um like life now um as, as being comcast like in handling all of our, pers- our business lives at home and then i want to get into some data and stuff because i'm kind of intrigued on on how usage is blown up around town but let's i guess let's start with the you know what's uh what have you been seeing, or what's the word now on, on I guess reliability because we all re- you know we're so dependent now on you.
1: Right. Um our so every year across the nation, you know, we spend hundreds of millions of dollars on our network. And certainly here in uh, Michigan, you know, the same millions and millions of dollars every year that go into just maintaining, right? upgrading equipment, um, maintaining, adding capacity. And we, we have a standard that we're always increasing capacity well ahead of what our customers' needs are. And any good internet service provider should be doing it. If we come out with a press release that says we increase capacity, people will say, well, what should I notice? And we should say nothing. You should notice nothing because we're doing it ahead of when you need it. And all of that investment and all of that work paid off because here comes, you know, early 2020, the pandemic hits, all our kids go home, and all of a sudden they need to be studying online. We all go home, we're all working online. And the statistics about our busy hour, which used to be, 8 or 9 o'clock at night when everyone was streaming their favorite TV shows or doing their gaming was now in the middle of the afternoon. And you know, I'm not going to tell you things were perfect and that there was never um, you know, a hiccup or an outage. That stuff happens. That's just technology. You can have a car accident that hits a pole and and or a fiber cut that happens that's out of our control but i will tell you that our network more than um, stood the test of time and it performed the way it was designed to perform and it you know it shows in our lower churn rate it shows in the number of people who switched to comcast because they spoke to their friends and family. Um, so we were very happy and we never let up the pedal on the investments.
0: No, it's a good thing. And it, it, it's funny with the, yeah, because that was the running joke at the house. If your Netflix would flicker like at nine o'clock at night, and you're like, well, everyone in the neighborhood must be watching the same show. And I'm like, I don't think the internet works like that, but let's roll with <laughs> it anyway. Um, <laughs> cause you know, no, that, you know, that was the thing with a lot of people didn't realize, like, which, you know, when you had fiber to the home, was it dedicated? Some people said, you know, uh, Comcast went to a, a model, of, you know, fiber to the home. Was it shared or was it dedicated? So, you know, it was a lot of, uh, you know, and then it changes all the time, too. So nobody really knows what they're getting. They just know, you know, it's kind of like the water. I don't care how it gets here. Just I want it to turn on the faucet and I want the water to work.
1: Um, right. Right. But,
0: so. With the pandemic, you, you brought up a, a point that we were talking about before the show about who got affected the most, and you know, you brought up a point like you know, when all the kids got to go home, who's got to stay home? And it was, and it was mom, right? And like, I didn't even know this stat was true, but he said women entrepreneurs were most affected by the stay-at-home orders, and then I read it and it said, well, yeah, that kind of makes sense because, you know. I, you know, it said they were considered non-essential. I'm just curious what uh, what's that or what's that stat or where did that come from?
1: Sure. No, that's a really fair question. So um, the reason that women entrepreneurs were most affected by the stay-at-home order is because they were more likely to run non-essential businesses. So it may have been a hair salon, a nail salon. Um, and I'm not trying to stereotype here. It's just, this is the way it is. Um, it may have been, um, you know, a, a gym, uh, a workout facility. So um, they were at a disadvantage because of the shutdowns, and so their businesses were more likely to close because of the shutdown. Shutdown than businesses run by men. And again, not being stereotypical, that's not to say that a man can't have a nail salon. It's just when you look at the numbers, disproportionately non-essential businesses were owned more by women than men.
0: See, Randy goes and gets pedicures once in a while. And the worst part is he takes pictures of it and he puts it on Facebook. <laughs> and we, and we, we all hate them for it.
1: I, I, I see recommend. men getting pedicures all the time at my salon.
0: If I ever went, it'd be like the scene from dumb and dumber with the metal grinder. Um oh, sometimes it's like that for me. <laughs> it's <laughs> it can get gnarly. But uh so Comcast uh Comcast Rise. Now you guys, I guess how did you foresee it? I and mean, then how did you you know, how did you address it with the program? Cause it's kind of intriguing that you kind of saw it um, yeah. as a company.
1: So back in late twenty twenty, um, so now we're, you know, a good eleven months into the pandemic we see everything that's going on. Then you've got the murder of George Floyd and uh, the whole Black Lives Matter movement that you know resurfaced. And our company took a look, and we've always been incredibly devoted to diversity, equity, and inclusion. But we, we looked internally and said, what else can we do? Are we doing enough? Can we do more? These are some really, really serious issues going on in our society. And we don't want to just say, well, we're a believer and we already do this. So we developed a program called Comcast RISE, R-I-S-E. And it stands, RISE stands for representation, investment, strength, and empowerment. And it was created originally to support small businesses owned by people of color because in 2020, with the pandemic, uh, businesses owned by people of color were some of the hardest hit, particularly businesses owned by women of color. Um, and so what we did is um, it started with offering consultative services, so um, marketing services, advertising, assistance creating commercials, and then through Comcast Business, tech makeovers. So that may have included um, equipment, it may have included internet and phone service, and then um, really importantly, cybersecurity technology, which as you both know, cyber attacks and cyber threats have gone up significantly uh, throughout the pandemic. And so we have been helping um, thousands of businesses across the nation, by providing this kind of support. And so um, the program's been incredibly successful. We've also given grant money out. I think in uh, 2021, we gave a million dollars to a hundred businesses in the city of Detroit. And uh, now we're expanding the program again. So when we develop a program and we see there's a need and it's successful, we look at how can we make it better? So that's what we're doing this year.
0: So when you say money is it just is it money or is it worth service and product and tools what what it what do they what does it look like for the for the entrepreneurs?
1: Absolutely so there's two pieces so, uh, the grant portion, which we did do last year um, in the city of Detroit, a million dollars to a hundred different businesses. If I've done my math correctly, that's $10,000 each.
0: I was going to say that's 10 grand, Randy. Yeah. Say,
1: yeah. So those were specific grants and it was a closed period of time. Um, now the company, now Comcast has moved on to the next market to figure out where is that need for the, the grants needed now. Um, but what has been an ongoing process is the other kind of support. So the technology makeovers, which by the way, the value of that tech makeover is thousands of dollars. Um, you know, the consultative services um, for advertising or for marketing um, through other parts of our business, like Effective, which is the advertising arm of our business. Um, you know, It's interesting if you think about small business owners. If I own a restaurant, I'm hopefully a really good manager. I know how to manage people. I know how to put together a great menu. And um, I know how to run a restaurant, but I may not understand how technology can help me be successful. And so that's what we came in and did.
0: So that's an interesting point. I just want to bring this up. It's one of my, not my favorite stat, but one of the ones that was intriguing to me was during the pandemic, there's some restaurants that um, tripled in like sales and in, in their revenue and completely thrived. And there's some that just completely fell off the face of the earth. I think the ones that um, pivoted to online ordering yeah. probably did the best. Yeah. So the one that I was actually talking to someone that, uh, basically took, they, they mastered online ordering. They took six of their menu items and created, uh, like the fake restaurants. Um, like their chicken sandwich became its own restaurant. Oh, the, um, uh, ghost restaurants. Yeah, they just created like five or six, and then they sponsored three of them, so they were all on top. So when you basically click DoorDash, Grubhub, Uber Eats, all that, they were just basically flooded them with it. Like Now, have you – like Mr. Beast Burger, have you tried that yet, Randy? Yeah. Is it any good?
2: Yeah, it's fine. Uh, I think their kitchen is um, Cozy Lounge. Oh, is it? In Hazel Park, yeah.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I tried the uh, Guy Fieri one, and it was uh, basically out of the the Brio in, in Rochester Hills. I was not a fan of that one it was garbage.
2: They pack um, their sandwiches did.
0: vertically, so all the toppings slide down inside while it's in the bag. <laughs> I don't um, get yeah, it. It wasn't. Yeah, it didn't t- Sorry, we, we could talk about burgers all day, Michelle. Just-
1: oh, no, that's okay. I was going to tell you, if you're looking for a good chicken sandwich, my husband loves um, Kung Fu Tea at Telegraph and 13. Has a I drove by
0: it yesterday. Sandwich. Yeah. Really?
1: Yeah, but did you know that they serve chicken? And it's all white meat. It's like really good quality chicken. Oh. He loves it. And he's very picky.
0: Because I, you know, when I look for chicken, I go to Kung Fu Tea. You know, that's, that's
1: I know, but that's the funny thing about it, right?
0: Right, 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 right. So, in terms of like, did it matter what the businesses were that that could apply for these grants or for, that are part of this Rise program? Um, was it limited to just you know salons or shops, or was was it no. you know? I guess talk to me about what who was you know was it just all encompassing? It was all applied.
1: encompassing. Um, I mean, there were certain types of businesses that. Uh, did not meet eligibility requirements. Um, I believe cannabis, um, the porn industry, there were certain industries that we would say uh, just were not a fit for the program, but the vast majority of businesses uh, were. So we- um,
0: So many jokes, Michelle. So many jokes. I
1: know. I'm I know. I, I was trying to be I was very, say, those people very, doing uh... careful with my- words, but I felt like I needed to be authentic and, and honest and truthful. Um, but like, so say, those people
2: doing only fans probably don't need any extra money anyway. Oh, Randy.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't think cannabis needs any extra money either.
2: <laughs> True. No.
1: <laughs> um, so um, daycare, uh, gyms, restaurants, um, professional service companies, um, you name it. We've had all different kinds of companies apply um, one company based out of the Ann Arbor area they are helping um, athletes get um, get sponsored like uh, yeah. runners and lacrosse athletes to get sponsored and just a small business they found a niche need and uh, yeah and they're a Comcast rise recipient
0: so how did uh just I was just thinking while you're were- Talking. How did how did your in home service get? What happened during pandemic? Did they have to like walk in with a hazmat suit? Did you guys eliminate it? Um, like you know, because there's always that in home service, and if something's broke, and you know, right. you can't get rid of that. What what did it? What right. did it, what did you guys end up doing?
1: Yeah, so we went through several different variations depending on. Um, what the CDC was saying, uh, depending on, you know, what the numbers were. That first year, particularly, I would say the first four to six months, I would say um, we were not going in the home unless it was absolutely necessary to fix the Internet. OK, um, so we were not worried about fixing the video service. We were not installing new video service. We would do self-install kits and um, drop those off to customers um, and walk them through the process. And I will say, um, we had a lot of really great key learnings through the process. You know, if you if you need to look on the positive side of COVID, I think a lot of businesses, including our own, really learned how to operate efficiently and to offer more choices. And so, um, you know, there are a lot of things that we're doing differently that our customers are appreciating in terms of having the option for um, what we consider to be kind of like a self install process, but we can walk them through. That to make sure we don't leave until they get everything hooked up and that we see that everything is working okay, so that they don't have to call in and have a bad experience and wait for somebody to come back out. So that's been really successful. Um, our our technicians still to this day wear masks when they go into a home. Uh, so and and we're back to normal from that vantage point. You know, going into install, going into to repair. Uh, but we do wear masks in the home to be as safe as possible.
0: Well, that's what I liked on your app. There's a there's a button or there's a feature basically saying to uh, test your signal. And basically underneath it it says, this is the same tool our, our phone or our operators use. Um, so again, you're giving people the tools they, so we don't need to call. And I think at this point, if you haven't figured out, you know, to reboot your modem, um, right. you know, I got nothing for you. I just... <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, and and it's interesting because you know there have been from time to time something will happen with my internet, and um, the first thing that I do is I go to my app and I look to see if there is an it's red
0: yeah. area totally, you know?
1: and sometimes there is. Sometimes something has happened. There's a fiber cut, and what I can say about our network team and our uh, field operations teams is. They are so committed. They understand how much our customers rely on their internet and they work around the clock to get it fixed.
0: Nice. So broadband adoption, I'm surprised this is still a thing. I would think at this point in the game, if, if you haven't, you're not going to, um, but I know com or you guys are com- oh, No, asking. no, you don't think. No, there's plenty of areas where you can't
2: even get broadband still. Like my so wife can't get broadband that's not where they are.
1: Adoption, though, Randy. True. That's access. I mean,
2: they would adopt it if they could, but you know.
1: <laughs> well, that's true. But but you I didn't mean to cut you off, Bob, but no, you no. picked up a really good point, you know, what's the difference between adoption and access? And I've seen nationally this number thrown out that forty percent of households in the city of Detroit do not have broadband access. And I'm, you know, I'm not worried about semantics here, but that's simply not true. Every corner of the city of Detroit has access to broadband. It's that there are many people who unfortunately have not adopted. And that is what we need to address. Is it,
0: you know, let me, let me ask you this is it just that they have it on their phone and don't necessarily want it, need it to pay double in the house? Cause I, I, I don't think pe- I think everyone's got a phone. Like I'd like to, you know, um maybe they just don't want to pay the whatever 40, 50, 60 bucks to have, you know, Wi-Fi in the house. I mean, am I wrong in that assumption?
1: Um, no, I don't think you're wrong. I think there are some people that are just making do with having that phone. Um, I think there are there are three main barriers to adoption. One is certainly the cost of monthly service, and we can talk in a minute about what's being done about that. Um, The second is what I'll say various proof points, um, or I should say a variety of complex challenges that families may um, come across. It could be concern over online safety, privacy, and security that deters them from ha- bringing broadband in the house. It could be frustration over technology or having lack of access to technical assistance. Um, it could be unfamiliarity with all the opportunities that the internet can provide. Um, and then the third barrier is really, you know, there are households that either don't have a computer or they have inadequate equipment. It may be a very, very old computer um, that just doesn't seem worth it because every time they've tried to get online, it just doesn't work the way they need it to. So we need to look at all three of those barriers and figure out how do we get past. And that is why we developed Internet Essentials more than ten years ago.
0: To oh, you request. stole my thunder. I was gonna, I was gonna okay. tee up on that. No, go ahead. That's my, no, that's my favorite program. That's why, you know, we like talking to you in general, but I like, I, you know, I, I really made a concerted effort to try to push it where, where I could. Um, but I, you know, me, I can only do so much. Um, I want to talk about adoption of internet or let's, you know, for those that don't know, is it still the same thing? 10 bucks a month?
1: Yep. 9.95 a month. You get a free router. So it's free Wi Fi. Uh, we install it for free. I mean, you're getting
0: getting 64K dial up, right? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, what? uh, what we've we've actually
1: increased the speeds of Internet Essentials twice just last year.
0: Wow. So qualification used to be kid with free lunch, then it opened up, then it opened up, then it opened up. What is it today?
1: Yeah, yeah. Lots of eligibility, um, certainly being at or below the poverty level, participation in various um, assistance programs, whether it's SNAP, Medicaid, federal public housing, um, WIC, or Lifeline. Um, You know, like you said, having um, being eligible for the free or reduced lunch. Um, Any student who has received a federal Pell Grant during the current award year, so college students their internet, they would be eligible if they've received oh, wow. the Pell Grant. Yeah. Um, so, and so there's a lot of different eligibility requirements, or I should say that all you have to do is meet one.
0: Okay. Um, no, what, uh, does it doesn't matter the area. Cause it used to be in the, just the city of, um, has it branched out?
1: Oh, it's anywhere Comcast is available.
0: Okay. Oh, yeah. wow.
1: It always has yeah. been.
0: Okay, so what's adoption like these days versus when we you originally uh, uh, talked about this with us?
1: Uh, well, Internet Essentials continues to grow. It is absolutely the most successful digital adoption program in the in the country, and um, we continue to enhance the program by, like I said, um, increasing the speeds, listening to our customers based on what they want. And now that the federal government is providing a $30 a month subsidy for those who are eligible, and by the way, the eligibility requirements um, mirror what internet essential is because our eligibility requirements look at what the federal guidelines are. Um, You can, in essence, there are 30 million households out there today that are eligible for this $30 credit on their internet bill who are not taking advantage of it. And again, I think that it's about awareness. It's about helping to break down those barriers. And we're very, very fortunate here in um, Metro Detroit and really across Michigan that we've got so many uh, organizations and uh, governments working together to Provide resources for families who need it.
0: So that is that a separate program? The thirty bucks off. It uh, is, yes. Now, so what is that, or how do you get, how do you find out if you're good with that?
1: Yes. So last year, the federal government created a temporary program. It may sound familiar. It was called the Emergency Broadband Benefit, and uh, the federal government was offering a fifty dollars stipend or a credit. Um, on someone's internet bill, um, if they and, and again the criteria was virtually the same, but the other criteria was if you if you lost your job because of the pandemic, if you were out of work because of the pandemic, um, they made it a temporary program because they wanted to put together a more permanent solution, and that's what they did and what the federal government rolled out this year. So in January. Um, The Affordable Connectivity Program, in essence, replaced the Emergency Broadband Benefit. And the two main differences between the program are instead of it being a $50 credit, it's now a $30 credit. However, uh, there's no end in sight for the program. So, um, and $30 can go pretty darn far. And then the only other difference is because really, everything has opened up and people can be back to work. Um, They have eliminated the lost your job because of the pandemic as an eligibility um, factor.
0: So how do you apply?
1: The easiest way, it's actually a two-step process. First, um, somebody needs to go to acpbenefit.org To submit their application, okay? You have to first make sure you are eligible for the credit. Once you get approved, then you need to contact your preferred participating provider. So if it's Comcast, if it's another provider, you need to contact them and let them know that you have been approved for the Affordable Connectivity Program, and then your provider will be able to put the credit on your bill each month.
0: So there's a lot. I mean, it looks like it's based on your income. Um, if you have a child or dependent that's on SNAP, Medicaid, WIC, um, if you already receive a lifeline, but it's also um, if your income's 200% or less than the federal poverty guidelines and they have a chart, um, there's a, there's a lot tribal assistance. Yeah. Um, qualified. So yeah, there's um yeah, we'll, we'll put that in the, uh, in the uh, show notes, but ACPbenefit.org. No, I like it. I, um,
1: yeah, it's, it's a great program. I mean, obviously the issue of, um, adoption has been around long before the pandemic. It's been an issue. Like I said, internet essentials has been around for 10 years addressing this issue, but the pandemic really brought it to the forefront for so many more people and it created just greater awareness. And so now we've got, a program that really eliminates cost as a barrier to adoption. Anybody can afford it because it's free.
0: Yeah, no, I, uh, the, the more we can trumpet like that program and especially internet essentials, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm such a fan. I just, you know, I just wish there was better or more ways that we could, you know, get on our, uh, shoebox and start screaming. It just, uh, like, yeah I, I just think it's it's light, it's kind of life-changing game-changing just to be able to get you know internet in the house for 10 bucks a month you know just that's, well uh,
1: yeah and and if 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 a family doesn't need more speed and the internet essentials um speed plan is is good for them you're spending 10 dollars of your 30 dollar credit on that and you can if you're with Comcast, for for example, and you bring your mobile phone to Xfinity, you've got $20 credit to go towards your wireless phone plan.
0: Huh. One of the things I wanted to tackle with you um, yeah. was cord cutting. Yeah. And it used to be a huge deal. And I think during pandemic, I didn't hear of it quite as much because I think obviously there's more important stuff going on. Um but now that everything's kind of quieting down, now is how how big of an impact was it to I guess the the company, um, and is it still? Because you know, when you talk to anybody that's in their early, you know, sub twenty five, they're all just app based, and, and they get home internet. Um, what what are you seeing from? A, I'm just curious what you're seeing from a corporate level or from a company side.
1: Sure, yeah, I mean, I we definitely experienced less. People disconnecting their video service during the pandemic when they were stuck at home. Uh, people were enjoying all of the options that they had. Um, you know, we, we're very realistic. Um, we understand that we are now a streaming society. I mean, very few people watch live TV anymore unless it's sports. Um and and that is, frankly, why we've completely changed our model and why we offer um, our Peacock streaming service for free as part of your um, Xfinity internet service. Um, you know, we'll, there, we believe there's always going to be an audience that wants to have a traditional cable package. And the truth is, when you see, I mean, there is no one video product that's going to provide you with everything that you want. And so I think what you're going to start seeing, and it's already happening, is people are being very cyclical with their subscriptions. So for example, if you um, watch Billions, you may subscribe to, is that HBO or Showtime?
0: Showtime, because I had to subscribe to Showtime for it. Yeah, Right.
1: And we're watching it right now. So you may subscribe to Showtime while Billions is in season. Actually, I had to
0: subscribe to resubscribe to Showtime with the Ray Donovan movie and then Billions.
1: Okay, there you go. Um, We subscribed to Apple TV because we love the morning show and another season came out. Once we were done watching it, there's really not much else that we like on Apple TV. So we got rid of that subscription. And I think you're going to see more people... Kind of doing that. Now, whether or not they are um, subscribing to a traditional cable package, you know, a lot of it is dependent on um, what their interests are and wh- what kind of programming is coming out from uh, the traditional uh, video programmers.
0: So, you know what they're doing to us though? They're giving us free streaming shows on like Peacock, but then they won't let us fast forward the commercials. And,
1: well uh, there is a premium service <laughs> where you can get it commercial free. I think it's only 10 bucks a, a month.
0: Oh only oh <laughs> after I'm already paying oh, well, I started watching that
2: um
1: 15 now.
2: I started watching that Da Vinci Code series on Peacock. Yeah. And I don't subscribe so I only got the first 3 episodes. So now I have to decide if I want to subscribe to Peacock or not to finish watching you that show. Get you. But you can yeah. you
1: can subscribe. So are you not our are you our internet customer?
2: I'm not, no. Sorry.
1: Okay. Well, if you were, <laughs> you'd get it for free, Randy. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, Another how did you get Peacock if you're not our internet subscriber?
2: Uh, the app gives you, f- it gave me three episodes for free of that <laughs> show. Okay. I just won't let me continue watching it until I subscribe. <laughs> First hits free, you know yeah. Randy, You know that. You
1: Listen, know. Randy, I could take care of you and make it painless. <laughs>
0: the doctor she's a you know yeah I, I took her up a couple times on that yeah i might have to reach um, out and see what you can do for us when so w- i'm just curious for your professional opinion when do you, it's getting ridiculous um you know when i when randy said he was subscribing to paramount plus and i'm like enough i'm just draw. i gotta draw the line somewhere and it's just i gotta watch my networks. star trek i gotta watch I gotta, my star trek i know i get that i get that but like every state like I gotta get showtime for one show it's almost like it it's, it reminds me of back in the when you had to buy records for that one song and then right. you hate the record industry because I'm paying 17.99 for this garbage CD because it has this one song I really like and that's what TV's starting to feel like to me like I'm I don't need to you know I want I gotta get hBO Max because I gotta see this first run movie and you know what I mean it's like now I'm I got rid of everything and now I'm slowly getting everything back because like I miss seeing these shows it's like this there, when's it going to be too much or when's it going to, you know, until people stop paying for it? Is that really what it boils down to?
1: Well, so I think there's a few things here. I mean, first of all, when you start looking at all the different streaming services that are available and what you're spending, a lot of people are spending more than they would be on a traditional cable package. Now, totally every, what's, what. Content is king right now. So the hottest show is driving the subscriptions, right? So I think it depends what what people want. I mean, if you, um, I mean, HBO, Showtime, they have their own add-ons, but I think the value that we try to provide, and we have actually changed our structure so that you can... You don't have to get 200 channels. If you say, I love sports, you can get the sports package and you don't have to spend the full amount. Or if you are um, really interested in, I'm just going to throw it out there, but there are a lot of Hallmark movie fans out there. So we've packed. Yeah,
0: she's upstairs right now. Yeah.
1: Different. <laughs> we've packaged different types of channels, you know, so that you as the consumer can choose and put together the package that makes the most sense for you.
0: I know that we're con- when you say content crazy, I know we're content driven when I watched marry me this past weekend with Owen Wilson and JLo. Oh. And I and I just and I and I actually sat and watched it and I'm like we are so starving for like new movies and content it's insane. Um but my it's funny cuz my daughter works at the movie theater and you would think it would be kind of dead. No it's it's obscenely packed every weekend yeah i love the theater experience i was glad when they reopened yeah she's at imagine and i mean that They're. i think they were so far ahead of the game by just making it so it's not a cheap experience you know what i mean kind of elevating putting out good pizza you know the stone fire you know um yeah so just it's amazing though how much content like you know look at how the thing that kills me the most is like with like the Mandalorian and Boba Fett and all these series that are coming out on star Wars and how many people the the, just the utter vitriol and hatred that it wasn't written the way they liked it. I mean, we're getting, it's so, I would hate, it's almost like I would never want to start a restaurant. I would never want to write a movie because like you just get literally destroyed when there's a fandom behind it. Yeah. Um, What are you watching these days?
1: Well, it's so funny you say that because I was with friends the other night and we all got out our phones and we're giving each other our recommendations on what we liked watching. Um, So I will tell you that the shows that I have enjoyed the most in the past six to 12 months, I am a big fan of billions. I loved succession, the characters are phenomenal. Um, that one is also. I think that one is HBO. Um, I
0: wasn't sure if I was going to like Michael Prince full time. Uh, I'm completely over Bobby Axelrod. I'm 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 all, I'm all in with this season.
1: Are you? Um, I, am. I miss Bobby. I do. I miss Bobby.
0: Yeah, yeah. He, you know, well, I see. The problem was I never liked him in that role because I watched Homeland. Okay. Um, to me, he was the guy in Homeland, you know what I mean? So like, it was was not that he wasn't believable, like Prince is believable in that role. I I don't know, I guess. And then Taylor's awesome. She's one of the coolest characters and, um, on TV right now.
1: Um, yes, yes. I love how they are really integrating acceptance into that show. Very, very. Oh, no doubt. absolutely um i will tell you the other show that i loved and i'm so sad that there were only two seasons did either of you watch the imposters
0: i've never heard of it oh man On what what channel
1: Uh, i gotta google it real quick because i don't remember Um,
0: i didn't hear about that one either what did you watch that one randy succession no but my roommate does that's my, uh, I think that's my new favorite meme is that, will you watch a nine hour movie? No. How about we carve it up into nine one hour episodes? And you can just watch it all at once. Like, all right, damn it. You know, <laughs> uh, it looks like The Imposters was on Bravo.
1: Yes. The Imposters was on Bravo. They're calling it a dark comedy. There was some comedy, oh. but it was, it was. It was phenomenal. And I will oh, describe, you... describe
0: on Bravo plus is that <laughs> they... a female con artist who marries people,
1: and then... you might get Bravo,
2: right? Female con artist who marries people and disappears with their money.
1: Yeah. Ooh. it. it the, the characters are amazing. And here's what's really cool about it. The way they ended season two, it could have ended like that. But if they decide to bring it back as season three, they have that in. It's really neat. It
0: and sounds like the Tinder swindler. If you watch that one, I
1: did not.
0: Now, that's on Netflix. It's a it's a guy that was basically hustling uh, rich women on Tinder apps, um, and then oh. basically taking about a you know he basically started a Ponzi scheme. So he would get money from this girl take this one out on like a private jet and, you know, vacations to Greece or whatever. And then he'd do it to that one. And he just started this, this whole Ponzi scheme of live, you know, lap of luxury living. And it basically disappeared.
1: That actually sounds right up my alley.
0: Oh yeah. That's what I, I made. What did I, the, the Drake meme, Randy, did I ever show you that one where it's like actual murder and everyone's like putting the hand up and it's like 15 years later, murder documentary on Netflix. And it's like, Oh yeah, give me that one. Um, it's it's so you know oh my god you know if somebody dies and then but everyone's glued to these uh you know serial killer uh dramas or you know documentaries. Anyway, Michelle, we won't keep you. I sincerely appreciate the time. Um, we will definitely post links because I want to make sure that uh, the word gets out in, in, you know, about Internet Essential and the RISE program and all the other great stuff you guys are doing. So I can't thank you enough for, uh, for sharing your stories and spending time and keeping us updated on uh, the wonderful stuff you guys are doing.
1: No, I can't thank you both enough. And we appreciate you helping to get the word out so that we can make more people aware of the benefits and resources that are out there to help them.
0: Great. Awesome. We're going to wrap things up. Thanks, Michelle Gilbert. She's the, are you still the VP of PR?
1: I am. Yes.
0: You are. Wow. I, you know, I'm not sure these days, you know, you could have get, you, you know, could have got demoted, could have got promoted, you know.
1: I know. I, well, if you had given me a promotion, I would not have argued with you.
0: You're the, the, the C, the CPR. or you know, <laughs> anyway, on behalf of uh, Bob and Randy, do us all a favor, drink up your drinks, get your phone numbers. You don't got to go home. You just got to get the hell out of here. See you next week. Drive careful. Beat it.